Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. give God one more praise offering for what he's doing in this room this morning. My goodness gracious. He's so good to us. He is so good. Turn around and tell two people. Say, I'm glad you're here this morning. Would you do that? Would you tell two or three people? Amen. So glad you're here. So great to have you at Faith Renewed Church this morning. If this is your first time with us Faith and you, man, we're so excited you're here. We think just the Lord has sent you to be a part of what he's doing here, and so we're excited to have you. Faith and New Church, let our first-time guests know you love and appreciate them very much. Amen. Amen. Love for you to get connected, be a part, be a part of a dream team, one of our small groups, go through Faith Track, all those great things that God's doing here. Love for you to be a part of that. Amen. Well, who brought a Bible to church? Anybody bring their sword? Amen. I love it. I love seeing Bibles, man. And uh, so if you have yours, go with me to the book of Leviticus. You. Leviticus chapter 20. Leviticus chapter 20. And um, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And um, Leviticus chapter 20. As you turn there, I just want to let you know we use the Version Bible app around here as well as our paper Bibles. And so if you uh, didn't bring yours but you have your mobile device, you can follow along on the Version app by clicking more and then events. And you'll find that there. Also, the words will be on the screen for you as well. But I want to read uh, two verses here in our opening text. Of course, there'll be a whole lot more Bible today as always. But I want to read verses 7 and 8 from Leviticus chapter 20. And uh, so if you have it, say, I have it. <laughs> Y'all are so fast. Y'all are quick. Leviticus chapter 20 says this in verse 7. It says, consecrate yourselves. Someone say, consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. That's good news this morning. He is the Lord who sanctifies us. Can we pray together? Would you join me? Father, we love you. And we're so, again, thankful, so honored, so blessed, so privileged to be in your house and together with such an incredible group of people, an incredible family, Lord, that you've called church and your body. And so I just pray your blessings over the words today, God, over our hearts and minds, and pray we'll be open today for all that you want to say, God. And I just pray, God, that you'll just let me be quiet and you speak clearly in this room. And I pray, God, today that you will just set us apart today for the work you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, would you say it? Amen. 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 We're in a series right now called Jehovah. And um, if you're new here, all of the messages are online, and I would invite you to go check those out. If you've missed a single one, go check those out on all the places you find music and podcasts. You'll find Faith Renewed Church. And so check that out if you would. But we're in a series called Jehovah, and uh, we've been learning that there is one true Jehovah God. Amen. Amen. There is only one true Jehovah God. And what we love about Scripture is in the Bible, it shows us and reveals to us 
the names of God. And we see in the Old Testament, we're seeing these Jehovah names revealing the nature and the character of God. And I love it. Names can do that sometimes. And, and uh, we were in our study on Wednesday night. We were in the book of Ephesians, and we were looking at the prince and the power of the air. We were talking about Satan, and we are talking about the names that the Scripture calls him, like deceiver, accuser. Oh, I mean, I mean, there are names in Scripture that, that would, would just like blow your mind about him, and there's also names that would just set you free when it comes to the names of the Lord. So we've been learning Jehovah names like Rapha. He's my healer. Amen. Come on. Amen. He is my righteousness. He is the one who sets us free. Last week, we learned a beautiful name of Jehovah in Jehovah Shalom. Come on. That he is the Lord our peace. Oh, man, I'm, lo- I'm loving it. There's no peace apart from the person of Jesus. I, I love, a, a, it's an old saying, some would say kind of corny. I don't care if you think it's corny. I, I think it's, it's, it's good. It's true. Uh, and it was, it was the term. It said, no God, no peace. N-O. True story. Then it says, no God, K-N-O-W, no God, no peace. Amen. Some of y'all are as old as me. And remember that. And, uh, and so, again, it's, but it's so true. And it's only found in the person of Jesus, and he is my Jehovah Shalom. But he's also this this morning. He is Jehovah Makedesh, my sanctifier. Come on, man. He is Jehovah Makedesh, my sanctifier. And now, we find this name revealed to us in an interesting book. We're finding this here in the book of Leviticus. We, we find uh, the, the name, the Lord, my sanctifier, the one who sanctifies me. And it's interesting because it's in the middle of this book, the book of Leviticus, where we see before that book, you see Exodus. And that's where you see the children of Israel exiting out of Egypt, out of bondage, amen, leaving something, and then heading towards, in the book of Numbers, you see them heading towards their promised land. Now, it's in the middle where we see in the book of Leviticus where you actually see teachings and thoughts and processes there that you can look at, apply to your life, because I believe, even though it's Old Testament, we're going to find it in the New as well. There are principles there that God is giving to his people in how to worship, how to walk, how to live their life, what it should look like. And it's amazing, man, when we apply these truths to our life, when we look at books like Leviticus there, we tend to want to skip over sometimes. Even when I said this morning, turn with me to Leviticus, you you know, do what? Yeah, the book of Leviticus. Now, it's important because, man, it's in those places that God puts things for us to live by. Again, I'm not talking about a set of rules and a set of laws. We've, we've been set free from we got We got set free on that one, on Jehovah Sidkenu, my righteousness. I'm set free from law. I'm not talking about rules today. I'm, t- I'm talking about laws. I'm talking about a freedom that comes in following Jesus, amen? And there is a freedom in that. Now, we see this here, and it's revealed. It's interesting. <clears throat> it's in this text where we see him set things in motion, And it's things that if we apply to our life, I promise you, it will put you in a place to where you walk in and experience the things that God has for you. Now, he, he, this, was, this is a tragedy, but it was, it's what happened. It was when we learned that Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Peace showed up. Thankfully, he did. He showed up in their situation, and he got them and brought to the, people, the children of Israel, he brought freedom and peace to them. But he had to show up and perform miracles 
because they weren't walking in the obedience that God has set in place for them. Now, this is, again, I'm thankful that I serve a God of miracles. When y'all was singing, he can do anything, anything is possible, I was about to just go ahead and make another door in this wall right here and just run right through it because, man, he can do those things. He can do anything that he wants to do. But listen, this is what he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to have to show up in a miracle in your life every day. Ooh, y'all got quiet. Y'all got quiet. That was better than y'all acted. Amen. It, it, he, he doesn't want to have to show up and perform a miracle all the time. He wants you to walk in obedience and take you to a place of promise that you've never experienced before. And it happens, and it only happens when we see the importance of him sanctifying our life. Now, this is why it's so important. Because 1 Peter chapter 2 said this about us. Not just them. It said this about us. In verse 9, it says, but you are a chosen generation. Come on, he's talking to me today. He's talking to you. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Amen. Come on. He called you out of darkness into light. That's what he was doing with the children of Israel. He was taking them from darkness to light, and he was saying this to them along the way. This is how you experience the glory, the preeminence, the brightness, the glory, the light that is available to you. Now, it happens through a big church word called sanctification. Now, this is, I don't know, depending upon the theology, the background maybe you have, maybe all this, everything I'm saying to you is new, that's cool because, again, you can just say, if he says it, I'm good, all right? And you don't have to fight any old religious things, all right? But, but maybe there's things, that, again, that, that you kind of like thought about when it became a, the word sanctification, and you didn't understand the fullness of what that can bring. We're going to see at the end of this message that sanctification ultimately will bring rest to your life. And so this is beautiful. So we see this word here, sanctification. It's usually sandwiched right in between the word justification and the word glorification, now, if you understand what that means, I'm talking about being justified, salvation of God that he brings, glorification when we see the glory of the Lord, fullness face to face in his presence with him in eternity. In the middle of this is the word sanctification. Now, we, I grew up, and the, the, the teaching that I kind of heard, the terminology that it was used when I was growing up, it was the word saved, sanctified, Filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. You know what I'm telling you. You've been in that. You've been there. And again, I don't have problems with that except the fact that it's not sanctified. It's sanctifying. Come on. This is an ongoing daily work in your life that God wants to do in you. Now, again, this is what can happen. If you don't see this word in the fullness of the, of the joy that it can bring, it can happen to you like it happened to me. Because this is what I have. I was like, okay, so if I, I was saved, I got sanctified, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. 12 years of age, baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. It's radically changed my life. I don't, I don't apologize for it. I'm so thankful for what happened and what God did in my life at 12 years of age. Man, I can't thank him enough for that. But you know what happened? I didn't realize sanctification was ongoing. And when I messed up, and it happens. I said, well, I guess I'm not sanctified anymore. Then I started wondering if the Holy Ghost thing's real. 
Then the enemy will slide in and say, are you even saved? Now, this is what we need to see about sanctification. This is an ongoing work. It's an ongoing truth that we can apply now. And we see things in Scripture that teaches us and shows us that the word sanctified, it is the word set apart. That you are consecrated. Like you are set apart for a specific purpose and reason. That's why he wants to sanctify you because he has a specific purpose purpose and a reason today that you're here. Amen. So he wants to sanctify you. Now, I don't know if you had this growing up. I had this growing up. We actually had a room in our house that was sanctified. So, man, you grew up in a really spiritual home, didn't you, man? Your parents were fired up for the Lord. They were. I grew up in a Christian home. True story. But we had a sanctified living room. What because the presence of the glory of the Lord dwelt there? It wasn't that. It was because that was a room that you stay out of and that you don't mess with, and it was set apart and designed for a specific purpose, a special occasion, so to speak. So, again, it was amazing. It was it used to, for a while, there was actually plastic on the furniture, amen, covering that stuff up, true story. And we, we got set free from that. But we had a den in our house also. Now, a, a den, I know they go by different names, but we had a den growing up. I don't know if you had a den. A den is where we did our life at, and then the sanctified room called the living room that we would go into, that was the place where it was, it was set aside for special occasions and for a special purpose, and Christmas was celebrated there. It's awesome. I remember as a kid running into that room, man, seeing the things that were there, and just, oh, I was so excited. It was set aside for when, like, special people came by. It was set apart. Now, in the den, like, it, it should have been called the lion's den. Amen. It, goes, it was Roger's house, four boys in one home. we throw knuckles in there. We would fight, bleeding. There's stuff knotted up, and it didn't matter. It was in the den. But you work your way into the living room, and Mama's coming in the living room, and she's going to set you apart, and she's going to sanctify you and remove you from that place. Now, it's amazing because for us today, I don't know if we realize God has sanctified us. He has set us apart for a specific purpose and a specific reason. He has a call on your life today. But this is what happens. We look at our life and say, well, how does sanctification happen? Now, what happens is easy for this to take place. We see in Scripture, actually in the two verses we read in our text, of how sanctification can happen in our life. Now, it just happens a lot of times in Scripture People have a tendency to kind of zero and maybe gravitate more towards specific, like one or the other when it comes to big theological terms. Now, we, again, we could talk about this. It happens in a lot of places. And again, start zeroing in on one thing and you miss everything else that God has for you. And again, we want all of it, amen, that he has for us. This is one of those areas, I believe for me personally, where I kind of zeroed in on the first part of how sanctification happens in our life. It happens this way. So it's two ways. And I'm going to go ahead and give you both points right here in, the, in, in this, at this point in the service. We're going to talk about them because I want you to see that they go together. And we're going to talk about each one individually, but you can't separate them. Amen? And so this is what we see according to Scripture. The first way that you get sanctified is, number one, is you sanctify yourself. 
You sanctify yourself. Now, again, this is why we make sure we get our theology right and we understand Scripture correctly. I'm not talking about you making yourself righteous. We learn that. We learn we can't do that. We can't save ourselves. It is only the blood of Jesus, and it is the blood of Jesus that still saves. Amen. And so it is the blood of Jesus that makes us righteous. He is the one who does that for us. That is like that, that righteousness justification process starts the salvation. It's instant. Boom. But sanctification actually also happens when I do it. Now, please, I understand. Listen, again, I'm not calling you into work salvation. This is not going to determine your salvation. I believe it's going to determine how you experience the fullness of salvation because there, again, things God wants to do in your life. But we see it in Scripture is we sanctify ourselves. The second thing is that they work together is we also have to understand that he also, the Lord, is the one who sanctifies us. He does it. Now, what happens is this. This is what can take place. I'm not saying you've done it. I did it, but I'm not saying you do. But you can have a tendency to lean more towards just one side of that. Now, if again, if you try to sanctify yourself and you think that's how it happens, when you fail, you understand real quick that you can't do it. And like me, you may want to go all the way back to the start of the beginning and miss out again a lot of stuff. Now, what happens is people set up rules and they, they thought, again, they could sanctify themselves. They thought if they looked a certain way, they were sanctified. Come on, amen. You know what I'm talking about? They looked a certain way, then they were sanctified. And again, I don't have any problem with looks and none of those things. But the truth is this. Like, like if I went into the church I grew up in back in the day, unfortunately, if, if I went into churches, some still today even looking like this, I was going to hell. Y'all looking at me. Some of y'all are going to hell too, amen, because of how you look this morning. Don't look at me like that, but it's true. And again, we thought it was a set of rules. And, and again, I'm, I'm, and I've always taught this as I was a youth pastor. I'm not talking about, again, how you dress. Just make sure you dress. Cover up the stuff that needs to be covered up. Make sure everything should be where it's supposed to be, amen. And I ain't got no problems with that. But again, I thought I could work it out. But there is a part of sanctification that I play part in. And again, not my salvation, but the ongoing work of what Christ wants to do. And this is old and new. Don't say something like, well, miss, I'm a New Testament believer. Okay, well, good. This is what the New Testament says. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, a passage about sanctification, living this life. And this guy writes to us named Paul, and he says, verse 12, he says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Like he's like saying, there's more available. Do you understand? Like this, how, I mean, this guy wrote the Bible. He wrote today what we're reading. Again, the Holy Spirit pinned that through him. But man, this guy, even in that condition, is saying this, that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus has laid hold of me. He's saying, man, there's there's something that God has done. There's something that he's done for me, and there's something that I want to do for him. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind 
and pray, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. You mean the apostle was having to press on, lay hold of, reach forward, press towards? Yes, because he realized, man, there is a sanctification part that I have. Our main text today in verse 7 said it, for you to consecrate yourselves. Now, again, this doesn't happen apart from the second point. But we see again that there is a work that he's called us into. It's called maturity. It's called spiritual maturity. It's called growth. It's called discipleship. And so, again, we want to grow in him. And this is the good news. I love something Max Licato says. He says that God loves you just the way you are. But he refuses to leave you that way. Amen. I'm thankful he didn't leave me like he found me. Again, he's doing a work in my life. But what happens is this. God will take something common and consecrate it and set it apart for his work. And then what we try to do so many times is to take it back and make it common again. Now, Adam and Kelly, my son, daughter-in-law, they weren't with us last week. We missed them, but they were at a wedding up in Philadelphia, then went and spent a few days up in New York. And while they were there, they visited the 9-11 memorial. And Kelly had actually been there, Adam's first time, but she had been there several years ago, back, you know, not too long after it had been built. And she said she remembered, like, when she went into where this memorial was at, that there was just like a sacred place. There was reverence that was in that place. And people were just like, just, it was, it was different. I mean, because they were remembering like that, you know, people lost their lives today, 3,000 plus, you know, that there were firefighters and police officers. There were moms and dads, brothers and sisters, went to work, never came home. People had lost their life and they were like, man, you know, and they were like in that moment, they were using that and setting that place apart as something special. It was Adam's first time. He was blown away, and so was Kelly because she had seen it previous. But they said now the place, people are running around, yelling, screaming, carrying on, talking, doing life, sitting on the names of the dead bodies that were given their lives. And I'm like, man, think about this. We serve a God who gave his life for us. And man, God has called us to come out from this world and to be separate and, be, and hold that and never take this and what God has called to be consecrated and try to make that common again. Listen, we need to honor what God has given us. And he takes this very serious in his word. It's throughout the old and the new. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, he says this. He says for you to pursue peace with all people and pursue holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Again, we don't see him as we should see him when these areas in our life that we just allowed to come in. And again, he's calling them out of the world. He told them, the children of Israel, you're going to go to this, this promised land. There's going to be people there trying to get you to do what they do, and they actually did it. Listen, he's calling us to be separate from that. I'm not coming out we're better than or we're, we're, we're higher than. I'm not speaking about that. It's not judgment I'm talking about. But I'm talking about being set apart and used for the Lord. He's that same passage. I love the message. He says it this way. He says, work at getting along with each other and with God. Otherwise, you'll never get so much as a glimpse of God. 
it's heavy, and this message is heavy. So, I mean, and I, I understand, again, I'm like, when you hear stuff like this, well, again, you can't just preach one side of this and get any joy. Amen? And I don't believe you can just preach the other side and get any true freedom. Amen? Because, again, there's fullness that comes in this. And I'm talking about today, we're in a world, man, listen, where it says it's whatever goes, however it feels, just go and roll with that. Listen, God has called us to be separate. He says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 3 through 8, heavy passage, but it's true. And it's New Testament. He says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. So if you're wondering, like, today, like, what's God's will for my life? What does he want me to do? I tell you, one of the things that he wants for us, one of the things he wants for me is that's to be sanctified, set apart, to do a work for him. He says that this is the will of God, your sanctification. And this is one of the ways he said that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also forewarned you and testified, verse 7 says, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. So if we're rejecting this teaching, if we're rejecting any of these words today, we're not, we're not rejecting Terry. That's right. Rejecting the word of God. So who, he says this, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. And so it is the sanctification of God that God does in our life. And this is freedom because he does it on an ongoing basis. Amen? Tell your neighbor, say, he wants to sanctify you this morning. Amen? Amen. Thank you for that water break. And so he wants to do that for us on an ongoing basis. Now, this is what I get. Don't get this. We've got to get this right again or you'll be miserable like I was. Salvation, it happens instantly. It happens instantly. But sanctification happens gradually. It does. It's an ongoing work. It's an, it's an everyday get up and, and walk with God. Salvation requires faith. And it's something we put our faith in. Our sanctification, it requires surrender. And so, again, we surrender to God's plan and what he wants to do for us. I believe salvation is final, and I, but I believe sanctification is an ongoing work that will be happening till the day that I see him face to face. So, again, this is what God wants to do. He wants to bring me to a place of salvation and sanctification so that I'm glorified with him fully when I experience him. Now, again, come hang out on Wednesdays. You will realize and find out that your spirit, man, it's already there. Come on, amen. you got to come on Wednesdays and know what I'm talking about. But in those situations and in those places, there is a work for us this morning. It's called a sanctification work. So that means this. The world does one thing. I come out from among that. It just does. And again, we look different, not because of how we're dressed, but because of how we live our life and what we're passionate about. What we're pursuing is him. What we're going after is the presence of the Lord. It's an ongoing work. And I believe, again, God wants you to do this. He wants you, according to what he just said, he wants you to sanctify yourself. But you can't do it by yourself. Again, just like, again, you couldn't pursue any salvation, but you cannot do this by yourself. But this is the good news today. This is what Scripture says. Number two is that he wants to sanctify you also. The Lord sanctifies you. How does God do this? Because, first of all, he is a holy God. He is set apart. There is no one like him. We were singing it just a little while earlier. But, man, we were singing from Isaiah chapter 6. And so in Isaiah chapter 6, see, this is what took place in verse 1. 
we see that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Man, that this holy God who is set apart. And this is the beauty of this. This holy God who is set apart. Who is this holy God who is seated on the throne. Wants to have a relationship with you and your life. And wants to set you apart in the same way that he is for a specific work to do. And our text says this. This is good news. Verse 8 says that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. He is the one who does this. He is the one who makes this and does this on our behalf. He's the one who makes us holy. Please understand the sanctifying work that happens in you and the holiness that you have. You didn't do it. But you played a part in it. And it's exciting, again, not for your salvation, but to walk in the fullness of that again, to experience what he has. And again, this cannot be done apart from Jesus. And we see it throughout Scripture. I I had to take some Scriptures out. There were so many. But Hebrews 10, verse 10 says this. He says, by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So again, once and for all, in the fullness of heaven, when we get him, we're going to be fully sanctified because of what Jesus did. And the work of sanctification in in the process of that today is still because of what Jesus did. Listen, this is a grace gift to you. And if today, man, when you say this, man, that God is setting me apart, he is designing me for purpose, he has a reason for me, He he has consecrated me unto himself, That is a gift of grace to us this morning that only he can give. He goes on to say, we read 1 Thessalonians 4. Look as you keep reading. This all goes together. Chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Somebody say completely. Amen. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. How does this happen? What is this? How is this even possible? It's because the Lord sanctifies you. It's because of the work that he does, and it's in him alone. But again, the glory of this, this is the beauty of sanctification. It's why I missed it. I was miserable. I get to play a part and be a part of what God has set aside for me to do. And I love it. And this is what I, I, want, I want today to come against the lie that has been spoken over, I believe, a generation and so many today in this room is that God doesn't have a work for you to do. God hasn't called you to do something. I mean specific work for you to do. A consecrated life, a life separate from this world, to set apart and to be holy unto him. That is what the presence of God wants to do in your life this morning. So I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to stand with me. And as, I, as you stand... I'll stay engaged because I want to read one last verse to you this morning. I want to read one last passage to you this morning. As you stand, I, I want you to read the screen if you've already closed your Bible. And I want you to look at this passage. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, we see in that creation story, the great creator of God himself, Jehovah. We see him declare something and speak something that is Oh, man, I think so often overlooked and missed. 
And this is what he says in Genesis chapter 2. It says, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. Now, the word sanctified there is Kadesh. He, he, he Kadesh the day. He, he, he set aside something sacred and holy. It's the Sabbath day. And he created that. Now, this is, this is the beauty of this passage. Every other day was important. Every other day is needed. And everything other, every other part of your life is valuable. And it, it is something about it. Again, it's the rest of the days we need. But there's something special about a Sabbath. There's something special that he created and set aside. And this is what when we understand this, this is what this will bring to us. I'm going to read it one more time. He said, then God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because in it he rested from all of his work. Some of you heard point one this morning, and you were like, man, I can't do that. And you thought, again, this is going to be a working harder. True sanctification will actually bring rest. It'll bring a peace. It'll bring a shalom. Matter of fact, you don't have to have him show up at shalom to get you out of it. You can stay in it. And it's a place of rest and peace that only he can bring. How does, this, how does it happen? You have to set it apart. You have to say, I, young people, I'm not going to be like the rest of this, the people in my school. I'm not going to be like everybody else in my workplace. I'm going to do something. I'm going to be consecrated, set apart for a specific purpose and a reason. This morning, I want to invite you, if you would, to just bow your heads. And I want to invite you to close your eyes. And you at home as well, if you're in a position to do that, I want you just to take a moment. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this morning. Ask him this morning. Say, what places do you want to sanctify in me today? What places do you want to sanctify in me today, God? What places do I need to set apart for you? What places do I need to consecrate and make room for you, Lord? Come on, what, what area of my life? And this is the truth. This is an ongoing work. It's an ongoing work. And if you've missed it along the way, if you've failed along the way, there's a freedom in this message today. Listen, that he's not finished with you yet. He's not done with me yet. Man, I wish I could sing. I'd sing that to you. It's not pretty. <clears throat> but he's not done with you yet. But what is he asking today? He's asking this, for you to sanctify yourself, to say, God, I want to set myself apart for you. I want to be used of you. I want all that you have for me. And that opens the door for him to sanctify your life. For him to be the one who sets you apart for a specific purpose and a cause. Now, I want to invite you to do this just right where you're standing before we go any further. I told you sanctification is a work that happens once you receive Christ. It's an ongoing work. And I think a lot of times we say, man, I want to skip this point A and I'm going to jump on into point N. Listen, it works together. And it always starts with this, with the good news of the gospel message that Jesus gives his life for you on a cross, that he dies in your place for your sin, 
that you surrender your life to him and put your faith in what Christ did for you. And believe this with your heart that he died for you. He resurrected from the grave. He's going to come again and you'll spend eternity with him. And I believe this. I believe there's going to be some sanctification work that God's going to do today. He's going to set some people apart for a work for him. This morning, it's going to happen. But I also feel this. There's some folks today that God wants to set you. He wants to justify you. He wants to bring salvation to your life. And whether you're in this room, whether you're watching at home right now, if you say this this morning, say, I want to be saved. I want, to, I want the salvation, the justification that only Christ can bring. I want you to do this. I want you to lift up your hand as high as to heaven as you can get it up in the air. So if I see your hand, I'm going to stop. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high. Who else? God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Amen. Come on. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Just God wants to do it. It's going to happen right now when you place faith in him. Who else will say, God, I want you this morning in my life? Come on. Right there where you're standing. Right now, I want to pray with you, introduce you to Jesus. And will you just say something like this? You say, God, I come to you. I give you my life today. I need you, Jesus. I need you to justify. I need you to bring healing to my heart today, to bring salvation to my life, to do what only you can do, Lord. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I put my hope in you, Jesus. And I receive you now as my Lord. In Jesus' name. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Can we give God a praise offering? Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. I want you to know this. You're saved as I am right now. If you put your faith in Jesus and there's an ongoing work that God wants to do in you from this moment on, I'm telling you, he wants to get this thing settled in you and he wants to take you further from darkness into marvelous light. And this is what I believe. And I believe there are many in this room today that will say this and be honest. Like man say, I want to be set apart I want to be consecrated to the Lord for the work he's calling me to do. So with heads up, eyes open, everybody looking around. fact, you say, I want to be set apart for the Lord. I want to be consecrated unto him. I want to be used of him. I want us to do this this morning. As our worship team closes in this song, I want you to find you a place to pray. Find you a place to just get with God and let him consecrate you this morning. Let him set you apart. And then also do this, set yourself apart for the work that God's going to call you to do. Amen. He's got a work and a plan for your life this morning. So as the worship team ministers this song, if you just find you a place, get with God. Our prayer team is going to be ministering to you during this time as well. But let's spend this time in worship with the Lord and honor today the Lord, our sanctifier. His name is Jehovah. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.